This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Beefy, there have been some very memorable performances at grand finals over the last, well, forever how long they've been going. When you say memorable, do you mean Meatloaf memorable? Now, Meatloaf played a few years ago at the AFL grand final. Basically, his voice is gone. He'd been belting out the hits for so many years at great volume and was just trying to squeeze his last couple of dollars out from a couple of appearances and couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. Very disappointing to people turning up. You think he would just cancel the gig if you can't do it? If you get paid whatever it is, a million dollars for 15 minutes work, die. are you going to tell people you can't sing? Bluff my way through as well, to be honest, if somebody was going to pay me that. Now, this is an unusual one. Back in 1987 at the VFL Grand Final, who do you think sang Waltzing Matilda? He has a pink sidekick. Uh, pink sidekick. Dar- hey, hey, it's Saturday. Daryl Summers. Pink Dickie Knee? No, not Dickie Knee. Oh. Ozzy Ostrich. Ozzy Ostrich. <laughs> Did you know you didn't have a body? Back in 1986 at the NRL Grand Final, they had the cast of Neighbours, including Kylie Minogue. That would have got the uh, NRL fans jumping out their seats to join in the National Anthem. It was okay. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. The cast of Neighbours. So, 86. So, that's like Kylie Minogue, Jason Donovan, Guy Pearce. Jane, what's her name? I can't remember the blonde Don't know. Here. Yeah, who else would have been? Clive with the red hair. Jeff Payne is the actor's name. Right. Also, this is a memorable one for all the wrong reasons. Now, this guy has a lot of talent, and it would have been great if he could have sung. It was Billy Idol appearing oh. by a hovercraft at the 2002 <laughs> NRL Grand Final. Right. He got on stage and the power failed. <laughs> he literally stood there and for five, ten minutes, and nothing came out. It was hilarious. And right at the end, they got the power going for about ten seconds. So the music came on. He went, thank you, good night, and he just walked off. Brilliant. Oh, do you want some AFL Grand Final fun facts, Di? Do you know what was weird about the 1916 competition, Di, apart from being during the First World War? Fitzroy won the Wooden Spoon and the Grand Final. They were the Premiers and the Wooden Spoon winners in the same year because only four teams competed in the 1916 Championship. Well, most of the men would have been at war. Most of them. In 1982, the Grand Final between Carlton and Richmond, Adelaide stripper Helen D'Amico <gasps> streaked wearing only a Carlton scarf. It also happened in the 1988 final between Hawthorne and Melbourne. The streaker was referred to as Batgirl because it was a promo stunt from the Batman film yeah. at the time. No NRL or Rugby League grand final in Australia has been marred by a streaker in modern history. The odds being offered for an AFL grand final streaker are currently 800 to 1. Streaking at the MCG, entering the arena, it's like a $10,000 fine now been a whole spate of European ones where um, the Champions League final, they had a bit of a streaker, but she was promoting some adult entertainment website, Diana. Uh, that would be very lucrative advertising, I would They imagine. reckon it was worth $3 million worth of advertising. Oh, really? And then yeah. she got fined, what, $10,000? I know what she got fined, actually. It was probably just got off with a warning or a slap on the bum. You know, if you are streaking at the MCG today, the weather should be warm enough anyway. <laughs> if you are streaking, the weather forecast is 19 and fine. <laughs> This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. There's nothing like being at a live event. Whether it's the Australian Open Tennis, the Rugby World Cup 2019 in Japan or the Bathurst 1000. With over 20 years experience, Sportsnet will ensure the adventure of a lifetime. With over 50 world-class events, Sportsnet guarantees official tickets and accommodation, even to sold-out events. You'll even get access to behind-the-scenes experiences. Over 10,000 travellers each year choose Sportsnet. Call 1300 888 858 or visit sportsnetholidays.com.
It's a bucket list this morning. We are going to the UK chatting to Nigel Smith from the Fleece Inn in Evesham. Nigel, you've got coming up Nigel Night. Can you tell us a little bit about Nigel Night? Yes. For years I've felt that uh, as a Nigel that my name has been much maligned and I think other other Nigels have shared that view. So I just thought it would be a great idea to uh, get together all us all those Nigels and celebrate our Nigelness. Yeah. I know it's a thing. Yeah. Nigel Night, we've actually had loads of Nigels interested in coming along, including a guy called Nigel Knight, which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. There was a guy who wanted to come a bit earlier on, and his name was Nigel Day, you know, but expecting um, three, four hundred at least, nice. or maybe more. Is there a Mansell or a Lawson coming? We are in touch with um, Mr Mansell, because uh, we've got a connection there. But we've also put a, put a load of shouts out to people like Nigella Lawson, for instance, so we're not sexist about it. No, who's, you, who, you know. Obviously, as you know, whose brother is called Nigel and her dad's called Nigel as well. Get the set of those Lawsons, <laughs> that would be pretty cool, I think. Would be pretty cool. Yeah. In deepest, darkest uh, Worcestershire, what, what else is happening in the same night that's going to compete with Nigel Knight at, uh, in Evesham? I would say pretty much nothing, really. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, however good it is, it's never going to compete. Oh, anyway, so, of, of course. Yeah. Anyone in town whose name is not Nigel will have nothing to do that night. <laughs> no, you can come along. Of course so you what you've got to do is come along, you get, you get your ID checked, you know, very important, and then you get a Nigel badge. <laughs> and then, uh, so we all know who we are. And then if you don't, if you're not called Nigel, then you can get a non-Nigel badge. Oh, so, right. And so we can discern between the two, yeah. We are sort of trying to go for a world record attempt of the largest number of people with the same name in the same place. Ah, okay. So it's um, not even confined yeah. to just being the, the most number of Nigels in one place. It's the uh, most number of people seen, with the same name. Which would be Nigel, of course. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Do you know what the record is? Uh, 2,358, I think. So. Oh. <laughs> what was their name? Yeah. Ivan. Oh. In Bosnia, Herzegovina, <laughs> would you believe? Everybody's that? name is Ivan, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Do you know the history yeah. of the name, Nigel? It's uh, medieval, uh, originally. It means kind of dark, like my soul, some would <laughs> say. But kind of fell out of favour from about 1400 till 1810 or something. And then it was revived by some uh, authors who produced books about Nigel. And then uh, it kind of was around 1955 and uh, 1975, something like that, with, uh, I think, the most Nigels in the UK in one a uh, year was some 5,500 or so when it reached number 23 in the name hit parade, you know. I think in 2017, wasn't there zero babies, Chris and Nigel, That's in, right. in 2017? Yeah. Kind of what made me think about doing it, really, to be honest, the fact that we were potentially facing extinction. But um, um, since then, there has been a very slight increase. I think there were 11 the year after or oh, something like right. that. Yeah, and there's other species call themselves Nigel as well. So we've got um, we're in Facebook contact with a dog called Nigel. In fact, there's a there's another dog called Nigel, Nigel Smith, indeed, in California. He was quite keen to come oh. over, and the then dog um, was. yeah, the dog, yeah, and then uh, Nigel the horse, a horse called Nigel, which I thought was maybe a song there. I don't know. And then a tortoise called Nigel as well. I've got another Nigel for you. You haven't probably thought of. Oh yeah, Nigel Planer from the young ones he used to play Neil. Indeed, yeah, indeed. He's, and Nigel Slater, he's another chef. So, yeah, there's quite a few of us about, really. I, I think, uh, you know, it's just that moment where we're just going to stand up for ourselves yep. and uh, I agree with face you. the world. Yeah, yeah. Can we check in with you after the event? Yeah, of course you can, yeah.
come over. I've got some beer called Nigel. If you want to have a Nigel beer, what's for dinner there yeah. as well for the night? Yeah, what's on the uh, what's uh, on the menu of the fleece? Award-winning pies, for instance, uh, sausage and mash, and all that hearty stuff that us guys like to eat. Yeah, and uh, obviously, uh, being a traditional rural pub, you'll have real ale on tap. Absolutely, well, on, very much about that on pump, I should say. Yeah, yeah, we've been in the. Uh, the British Good Beer Guide for about, well, I've been here eight, 17, 18 years, and we've yep. been in every year since then, and probably 20 years before that as well. So, we're, you know, we're a celebrated uh, real ale pub. Nice. Nigel, so they can come and get a choice of about seven, I think, yeah. Nigel, is it true that the beer's warm in the UK? It's true that it's warmer than it is where you are, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we argue. I mean, it's kind of 11 degrees centigrade, um, Although it, we're tending to drink it a little bit colder nowadays, just by oh, one or really? two degrees. So oh, no. It's probably you guys giving us a bit of influence. <laughs> yeah. the other way. I can think yeah. of nothing better than uh, hanging out with uh, 427 of my closest Nigel friends and drinking some real ale and having some Absolutely. bangers and mash. Yeah, yeah. That would be my perfect Saturday night, I well, think. What more do you want? Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> have a fantastic <laughs> Nigel night. Maybe it'll be, be, be an ongoing event. I think so. We're going to have a um, Nigel register. Everybody will be able to sign in to the book on the night, and then we're going to keep a Nigel register here at the Fleece. Great. We've got an, an amazing Nigel database already. Nigel, thank you yeah. so much. Enjoy Nigel Night, which is coming up shortly. That's Nigel Smith from the Fleece Inn in Evesham on the bucket list. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. edition of the bucket list and i think all of melbourne is, is non-divided today we're all going for the same team for once beefy richmond but i was thinking about the most memorable times that i've actually experienced a grand final 2004 grand final i was in london i went to the church the old aussie pub it's like a 4 30 a.m kickoff but the aussies kicked on through saturday night all the way through and by the time kickoff comes around it is carnage in there the time the game came around oh it was bedlam absolute bedlam I think my most memorable was one year when I was down in Koh Samui. And I went to the Australian bar. I think that was the name of it. They were playing the grand final. Mm-hmm. Got to hang out with people and have yeah. a bit of a cheer. That would have been good up at Koh Samui. Was it packed? Yeah, it was. But you kind of feel more Aussie when you're away than when you actually live here. Yeah. Yeah, very true. That really was the whole fun of it. And, of course, when I saw St Kilda tie, I watched that at a friend's years ago. Oh, that was brutal because I'm a St Kilda fan and we had to come back the next week and watch it again. Oh, very she true. She was good enough to, to actually let us have another party at her place <laughs> the following week. Good on her. I always wondered, though, what happened to the people that went to the AFL? Did they get free tickets the next week? Or no, no, you had to buy tickets again. It was one of the first times you could actually buy tickets on public sale, the first time for a long time anyway. They didn't have any entertainment book for the replay. Lionel Richie was on tour and they wheeled Lionel Richie out to do the replay entertainment. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. We've got yet another Olympic gold medalist, Olympic rower from Beijing. He won gold in the Coxes pairs. Duncan Freak, you've had a very long rowing career. And what are you up to nowadays? It was a long rowing career. And when I retired in 2012 off the back of London due to an injury, I started at uh, Griffith University. Now run a heap of programs, research opportunities, high-level sport. And you're lucky enough to be on the Gold Coast. You get to spend your weekend hanging out with Mick Fanning. I bet you guys are great mates, being athletes. 
Yeah, no, I hit up for a surf this morning. It was really good. I <laughs> taught him a thing or two. So. <laughs> Watch out no, for not sharks. Quite. I'm sure he'll look after himself again, though. <laughs> you got a long tradition in rowing. Your dad was uh, heavily involved with rowing down in Tasmania, and you even rowed with your brother. A couple of world championships, in fact. How's the free legacy now? Have you passed that on? My brother is 21 years old. He's represented the World Uni Championship. He's going really well. And, and I've got one of my daughters rowing, and she just had her school's state titles on the weekend and picked up a few medals. And my youngest child, 13 years old, Luca, my young fellow, he's dying to get into it. I'm almost holding him back a little bit. Well, I think it's a wonderful sport, and I think with my level of fitness, I've always thought that if I did join the rowing team, I would make a good cox. It's about the right <laughs> yeah. size, Duncan. It's just, she could fit in yeah. that, the front end of the boat there. I actually started my rowing career as a cox myself as a 12-year-old. Soon grew out of that by the time I was 13. How are we looking moving into Tokyo? I think our rowing program is very strong at the moment. Both the men's and women's. We've got the opportunity to pick up multiple medals and multiple nice coloured gold medals as well. I think we can at least get that or exceed that. There's a great talent pool of young athletes that are in the programs. Also, there are a younger group of athletes as well, which is very positive for the future. Absolutely. Now, this show is called The Bucket List, Duncan. What is on your bucket list? A surf safari, somewhere in the Maldives would be cool. Even though I've spent a lot of time in Europe with rowing, I certainly want to take a European holiday where I can sit back and not train, you know, six hours a day, sit back and have a, a bit of a vino and, and relax. And actually, my other thing on the bucket list is a motorbike tour from Melbourne to Adelaide and ending up in the Barossa. You can do that yeah, tomorrow. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> what is a surf safari? A surf safari, just basically a, a pure surfing holiday where you go to a surfing destination and jump on a, a boat that takes you out to good surf breaks and you're there pretty much all day for five days in a row. Wow. How, how is your surfing, by the way? I would say beginner to intermediate. Although I've surfed since I was a kid, I just never did a lot of oh. it to get great at it, but I certainly love getting out there and jumping up and giving it a crack. Of course, because you're from the Gold Coast. Duncan, thank you so much for your time this morning. That's Duncan Free on the Bucket List. Chatting to Daniel Ciccone from Sportsnet Holidays, the first ever Vietnam F1 Grand Prix 2020. Friday the 3rd of April to Sunday the 5th of April, the current date's provisional, subject to FIA confirmation later this year. Why would you travel to Hanoi for the Vietnam F1 Grand Prix next year? It is the first one ever to be staged in Vietnam, which is always exciting. It's only one of five races in the Asia-Pacific region with Australia, China, Japan and Singapore, so it is in our backyard. It's only the third race of the season. Obviously, the championship will be well and truly alive. Hanoi is an incredible, buzzing city, full of culture, full of history and who doesn't like Vietnamese food, especially the real deal. Great opportunity to get away and see some F1 and have a holiday as well. What have you got in mind for uh, our valuable Formula One fans this time round? In terms of the circuit, there is only a handful of street circuits on the calendar, Vietnam being one of them. Australia is one as well, even though it doesn't look and feel like one. The circuit actually consists of both public streets and a new purpose-built section, which is pretty exciting and they've modelled that new purpose-built section on the likes of Monaco, Suzuka and the Nürburgring in terms of their corners. It features one of the longest straights in F1 at 1.5 kilometres. Albert Park's longest straight's about 800 metres long. It's going to be fast. Expect cars hitting in excess of 350 kilometres per hour. The exciting thing, the cars will be going at 100% throttle to 100% on the brakes in most instances as most straights head into big corners. It's going to be a super exciting circuit to witness, especially live. What travel packages do you have on offer? A very simple package, but a great package. Return airfares from any major city in Australia, return airport to hotel transfers upon arrival and departure from Hanoi. We've got a four-night accommodation in a five-star hotel in the heart of Hanoi, and it's been 
super difficult to get accommodation. There's a really big local festival on over this weekend as well. We have accommodation. It's great value. It's in the heart. Breakfast daily. You get your ticket to the event. You can upgrade to official grandstand and hospitality. We'll be sending over some sports set tour hosts throughout the entire tour to look after all our guests. And of course, we throw in our special experience as we do for all our packages. Now, what have you got in mind for the debut of the Vietnamese Grand Prix? The debut of our exclusive Vietnam Grand Prix dinner on the Friday night. I love our F1 dinners because we always get an absolute superstar to the event. Just recently, Singapore F1 had Mark Webber. What bigger name in F1 do we have in Australia? We've had Dave Coulthard in the past, Damon Hill, Martin Brundle. It'll be hosted by an F1 personality commentator with an exclusive interview with an F1 legend. We'll preview the whole weekend of, of racing ahead. There'll be an autograph and photo session. Not opportunity to potentially ask some questions if time permits and dinner and drinks throughout. It's a cracking way to welcome the weekend and our guests love it every event we do it. Unbelievable. Why would you book a travel package through Sportsnet holidays? We're an official authorised reseller of the event. Everything is official. Packages are all inclusive which is really important for destinations such as Hanoi. Accommodation has been really difficult to obtain. We have it. The opportunity to meet a couple of huge F1 personalities. Our great range of official ticket and hospitality options. For those that care we're 100% Australian owned and have been around 21 years. We're no spring chicken and, and we'll do our best to make it easy for our guests. Make sure if you want to find out more about the Vietnam F1 Grand Prix, you book through Sports and Holidays, 1300 888 858. That's 1300 888 858. Or jump on their internet site, sportsnetholidays.com. That's sportsnetholidays.com. They're your number one selection for Formula One travel. You're listening to The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. And this morning on The Bucket List, we're chatting to Matt Kaminsky, the Vice President and Executive Director of the President's Cup. Have you been to a grand final or even just the footy before? Yeah, yeah, I've gotten the footy quite a bit. And uh, actually, I was very fortunate when I uh, went to both grand finals in 2010 and 11. When you first got to Australia, the first time you experienced AFL, what did you think? People always ask me, oh, you're a Saints supporter. How'd that happen? The CEO, before I even moved down here, he sent me a, a membership kit. <laughs> sent me the membership kit. He was a longtime suffering Saints supporter. So he said, I misery loves company. I'm going to add <laughs> you to it. You know, it was always those three questions. Where are you from? What are you doing? And what team do you barrack for? I actually played a game back in 2011. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I walked away with one handball, one kick, uh, bloody nose, a black eye. And, uh, <laughs> my, my one kick brought rain. I think it could have marked my own ball if I would have ran fast enough underneath it. Well, at least you got out there and had a go. That's the main thing. Yeah, I hurt, I hurt pretty bad the next day. <laughs> yeah. so. Coming up to summer season, and this year the Australian Summer of Golf takes a whole new meaning with hosting of the President's Cup. How's preparations for the event going? And The best in the world are coming down here to play at Royal Melbourne Golf Club and the President's Cup, and you mentioned Tiger. And, you know, unfortunately, he didn't qualify automatically in the top eight. Is he going to play? I don't know, but I know that that's been his goal ever since he was named the captain. So to be a playing captain, and that hasn't he hasn't wavered from that. It hasn't changed. International team, great representation from Australia. Obviously, Mark Leishman, Adam Scott, and Cam Smith. But we have our first ever player from Mexico in, in Abraham Answer, first player from China, from Chinese Taipei. If you're a golf fan or if you're just an event fan, it's going to be an amazing experience. 25 to 30,000 people out there a day. If you are a golf brand, you have to get along to the PGA Tour. Matt Kaminsky, the Vice President and Executive Director of the President's Cup on the bucket list.